On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Nick is back in the co-pilot chair, and we're going to be talking all things new Star Wars, which includes an announcement about the Cassie and Anders series. All the Star Wars titles coming into Disney Plus in November. Ryan Johnson probably not making any more Star Wars movies. When are we getting the next fucking Tross trailer? How long will The Rise of Skywalker truly be? And we learn a little bit about Naomi Aki's character, Janna. Not to mention, we're going to hit the top five because it is the prime time episode of Star Wars Time. Cue the music. Welcome back to a primetime episode of the Star Wars Time Show, and guess what? That's right, my Chewbacca is back. He flew his Falcon back over from the EU. He's here, he's ready to rock. Nick has rejoined the show. It was nice having uh, you know a special guest here the past two weeks with Jared, a.k.a. Sir Dork, but I'm not going to lie. I miss my man, my main wingman, Nick, but he's back. He didn't run away. He didn't stay in EU. He didn't get so fat that they couldn't bring him home on a plane. He is here, and he's ready to get into the Star Wars universe once again. I mean, he has been kind of lost out in the unknown regions, trying to find the Force, but he's back and ready to talk all things new Star Wars. So, Nick, before we get into topics, buddy, let's just go into what's it like leaving the confines of Austin, Texas, and heading out to the unknown regions, a.k.a. Europe? You said that it was difficult finding the force. What it's also difficult finding over there in the EU is internet, <laughs> is functioning <laughs> internet. So, is it that really? Dude. I thought, well, maybe Italy isn't, but I thought like main yeah. main Europe was pretty locked. Germany, and we were so we were in Germany for a couple of days for Oktoberfest. We we're in Munich, and the internet over there when we were in the hotel was pretty good. So that was functional. But in Italy, it's definitely a different story. Italy is an old country. It's a beautiful country. But old things typically don't handle new internet, you know, infrastructure well. And in Italy, it's just, you know. Are we talking like fucking modems still? Like dial up? Like I was talking to my girlfriend's dad and he's like, yeah, up until like a year and a half ago, we still had dial up. Like it was still fucking shit. Like he showed me the modem that they have now. He's like, yeah, they tell us it's fiber, but it's a DSL connection. You could see a phone cable plugged into that motherfucker. (laughs) So like that is hilarious, man. (laughs) I mean. I guess there's there's probably a pro to that life. I bet it's a lot it is less relaxed hustle and bustle, and you can relax more because you're not worried about social media this or checking your email and this, that, and the other. If thing, I so. was over there and I wasn't working, so I was still like working when I was over there. So from like five to midnight, I had to be at least available on email and on Slack and stuff like that, and had to take calls. And like, I have to say, like, I had like three or four calls drop on me because the internet was bad. Um, But if I wasn't doing that, it would have been super relaxing. Like just sitting out on the porch, you can see like the Alps, like from my girlfriend's parents' house, you sit out on the, on the, on the porch, you can see the Alps and they live on like a cornfield. So it's just like a big open field and the Alps and you're drinking Italian wine and cheese and all this stuff is fantastic it was very relaxing for the times that we could relax and all the stuff we did was super fun went to oktoberfest like i mentioned before got blitzed at oktoberfest just drinking liters and liters of german beer 
I mean, it was... It, Did you get to see any, like, EU Star Wars stuff? I mean, were there any, like, random fans at Oktoberfest dressed up? Any stormtroopers getting fucked up? Or, nope, none of that. Or did you just kind of tune out of Star Wars for two weeks? None of that at Oktoberfest, but I will say there's a surprising number of Disney stores in Italy. Like, Really? We, yeah, like, we were walking through Verona, which is not one of the bigger cities in Italy. Like, it's not Rome, it's not Venice, Florence, any of these big cities. Like, you'll, you'll know Verona because that's where, like, Juliet's balcony is and all this stuff. But in Verona, there's a Disney store. And, like, you walk in and it's just, like, there's Star Wars shit all over the place. What was really cool is I walk into, I walked into the Verona one, didn't buy anything. I walked into the one in Florence. And I was looking at the bags on the back of the wall. So they sell, like, you know, the individual little bags that you can reuse. Right. And that leaked image, remember like four months ago or something like that, we had that leaked image from Tross. And I was like, man, if that's on a poster, that'd look terrible. Yeah, it was like the Walmart level That's art. the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. At, at, at Disney Italy, they're like, yeah, fuck it. Just send all the shit over yeah, there. Yeah, that's the fucking bag you could buy. I saw it. I, I almost took a picture of it to send to you. And I was like, oh, uh, That's man. hilarious. It's kind of like over here where, you know, you have a championship, say the Super Bowl yeah. or, you know, the, the, the CFP. You know, both teams get championship shirts made. Like, we're number one. And then usually the, the, the loser, they send all that stuff to Africa or whatever and give to, you know, poor people and whatnot. So you're essentially saying Disney takes all their shit designs that aren't even good enough for Walmart <laughs> and ships them over to it Italy. It may be the case right there because I have, I mean, I haven't been to a Disney store in the States, so I don't know if that bag's here, but I saw that and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it. Well, there is, I, you've been, it feels like you've literally been gone for a year now. Dude, it feels... So I can't, in terms of Star Wars news time, so I can't remember if you were around when some of the official posters were revealed, like the Walmart posters. And, and quite frankly, dude, a lot of the art for this movie is just bad. Crap. <laughs> it's just bad. It just looks like shit. I mean, like I said, it looks like Walmart posters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they if they let go of all of their artists before, you know, the, 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 the Tross time came around or if they got people working on other things because, you know, they probably share some artists. between. They fired them. everybody that worked on TLJ. That's true. That's, true. That's right. Everybody, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's not even real. She's a robot at this I point. I know. It's crazy. They killed the real Kathleen Kennedy. But, yeah, man. The fandom menace. It's been a All long right, well. time, and I'm glad to be back in the saddle, back in the – the co-pilot's chair of the Falcon, and and let's you know let's get some Star rock and Wars roll. I mean, going. it's it's a good thing you came back because <laughs> we're we're about two months away from the film dropping, and hopefully a week away from getting pre-orders opening up. But we'll we'll get there soon enough. So, as you heard the announcer at the beginning of the show, we got a few things to talk about. I wouldn't call it a busy primetime show, but that's all right. You never know. Nick is back, and I am myself, and I tend to go on random tangents if something pops into my stupid head. Uh, but for now, we're going to try to stay on task, and we're going to get to the list of Star Wars content that will be launching day one with Disney+. And launch day, my friends, again, everyone remembers, right, November 12. I, I think it's out in certain parts of the world at this point, especially over in the Eastern Bloc for some reason. Uh, but Disney this week is, is going all in on the, the hype machine at this point for Disney+. Plus. Not that I think they need to, but, I mean, Nick, they, they released a three-hour-long trailer showcasing all the shows that will be there at launch but we also got insights into what star wars content will be there at launch and sure enough 
not everything is going to be over there day one. Yeah, of course not. I think we discussed this a little bit previously. There was a leak about, you know, the content that will be available when it comes to Star Wars. And one of the things or two of the things that are notably missing and that some fans will probably say, oh, this is a sign that Disney knows that they fucked up with these two movies. Um, (laughs) So we have every live action Star Wars movie ever created minus the holiday special. But we also do not. Yeah, how about that? No dude? holiday special. What the fuck's that all about? They, I guess that didn't come over in the sale. Yeah, I don't know if that was like stricken or. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm glad you brought it up, but it, it's not here. Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. like just buried deep within the vaults of Fox that they yeah, can't I, I'm find. I'm sure anymore. George probably paid somebody. I, I bet George, Harrison, Carrie, Mark. Anyone involved probably paid whoever created it to just fucking nuke yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's buried alongside of all the Atari fucking yeah copies ET, of ET yeah. out there in the desert. <laughs> so we'll never see that again. But the the release day movies that are missing are TLJ and Solo. So I mean, there's gonna be some fans out there that, like I said, jump to conclusions. <laughs> but really, it's just because these are the two newest movies to release for Star Wars. And there's like TLJ and Solo are both already on Netflix, so I'm sure that there right. is a conflict between the yeah. It's totally it's it's some licensing agreement that hasn't ran out yet. I mean, in this post, I don't know if I put it because I'm I'm not a journalist. I just throw out what I want. But I, I believe Disney is promising TLJ Solo and sure enough, Tross will all be on the service within its first year. Yeah. So. Um, they they will be over, but it, it's a it has to be licensing at this point. Yeah, just their Netflix deal. What's really cool is you know you get the movies, you get the Mando, so that's gonna be day one. Yeah, I mean that, let's let's be real. That's that's the fucking draw. I mean, as a father of a three and a half year old, I, I'm also excited for the back catalog of all things Disney. I mean, I some of the movies that are gonna be on there, I didn't even know were real movies. Like, let alone you're gonna have all the classics and oh, shit. Oh yeah, dude. There's. Uh, but yeah, I mean the Mando, but you're gonna get the the Empire Dreams documentary. Yes, this stuff is really. To cool. me though, I, I don't know where you're going. Sorry to cut you off, but it's the animated stuff that I'm gonna urge people that that snubbed their nose to all these the first time and haven't gone back because they didn't feel like paying for them. If you're in Disney Plus, you, you need to treat yourself to the Clone Wars, to Star Wars Rebels, and more importantly, and and don't laugh at me, Nick. All the Lego animated series that, th- that is going to be on Disney+. Plus, uh, In particular, the new Yoda Chronicles and Droid Tales. I promise you, my friends, they're some of the best 20 to 30 minute long Star Wars tales out there. It has that Lego humor, that tongue-in-cheek shit. They make fun of Star Wars tropes, Star Wars characters. They're, they're fantastic. Freemaker Adventures, another fantastic series, especially for little ones. And then All-Stars, you know, Nick and I have talked about those throughout the years, but... I'm really urging people, like I said, if you passed on a lot of animated Star Wars when it initially came out, now is your chance. Yeah, exactly. This is the perfect time to do it. There's going to be tons of new animated stuff coming out as well. We know that we're getting the revival of the Clone Wars series. We know that we're going to get Star Wars Resistance Season 2 once it wraps up on the Disney proper run. I mean, there's going to be... Yeah, that's when Nick will be able to watch yeah, it. Because he don't have fucking Disney Dude, anymore. My, my cable subscription, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> One, I don't have a functioning cable box, so that's a blocker. And then two, all of a sudden, like I go to Disney now, I sign into my cable subscription, 
and I cannot get access to Star Wars right. Resistance Episode Two because that's the one who's that's locked behind. So, so basically, <laughs> one half of our Resistance recap special series can't even watch the show at this yeah. point. So I'm gonna <laughs> have to get. Creative. I don't know what we may have to get back to you all on that one, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll be in touch. Point is. November 12, you're getting a heavy dose of, of Star Wars content on Disney+, Plus, in addition to all the other Disney stuff. I mean, some of it just looks like straight vomit. Uh, apparently, Kurt Russell was a huge Disney movie star when he was probably in his 20s and 30s, because I saw a bunch of random movies like him. I and mean, there's a movie literally called, like, Silly Frog. Oh, and, yeah, dude. I, I, dude, it's just, it, it's stuff that I had no clue ever, ever like, even existed. I'm just like, I'm on, like, you know, you have the EB post linked, and I'm scrolling through it. I'm looking at shit like, what is uh, this 1962 movie at the very top? Fucking Almost Angels. Never heard of it. Fucking, let's, let's right. go up a little bit. I mean, there's just so much on here that nobody ever... Brain Games 2011, never heard of it. That's even recent. Candle Shoe 1977, what the fuck there is that? There you go. I, I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> oh, man. A Ring of Endless Light. Yeah. African Cats. Like, it's just so weird. I mean, one thing that I've looked... Darkwing Duck is going to be on there. For, for those of you who have not seen Darkwing Duck, if we have the younger listeners... Definitely worth watching, but there's yeah, I like, I like dark. Yeah, movie. there's a ton of content on. There's over 600 pieces of content yeah. on here. The three-hour-long trailer, like Matt mentioned, really fucking puts it into perspective how much shit you're gonna be getting when this. I, I love that they did that. They're just like, hey, eat our big ass dick. Yeah. Like this, this is how much we have. So much content, we can throw out a three-hour trailer and only show you a couple minutes of each property that's gonna be on the service. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nuts. So, yeah, Disney Plus, November 12. I'm already signed up. I thought Nick was, but I'm probably not because he's moving. Waiting for the bundle. So once they release the bundle, then I will. Yeah, keep your eye out because they are doing the they're doing the Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus bundle. I took advantage of the D23 member thing where I'm essentially getting one year free, and my my yearly cost I think is 40 bucks. I mean, it's a fucking steal. Yeah. So get on it, November 12. I mean, it, it's literally less than a month away, and you know the Mando's going to be badass. We don't even have to pretend it's not going to be. It is going to be badass. All right, dude, so moving on. We, we, this kind of went hot right as our mics went live, and, and that's the fact that we got some insights into the Cassian Ander series, which is going to be on Disney+, Plus, probably not until the end of 2020. Yeah. Uh, but we found out, and this comes through from Variety, that Tony Gilroy <laughs> w- is being brought on to the Cassian Anders series to, what is it, direct the pilot, write the pilot, right. and direct yeah. it, and then direct multiple episodes of the yeah. series. Tony motherfucking uh, To put Gilroy. this story in the context, <laughs> uh, Tony Gilroy is the one that they brought in to help on Rogue One. But he's also a huge dick, like, I mean, Keanu Reeves type of dick type of deal. Not Keanu Reeves, you know, his, his, his character, character. But, um, yeah, so just to give a little backstory on Tony, he, he's a fucking arrogant prick bastard. Yeah, I mean. Especially when it comes to Star Wars stuff. Let me read you this quote that he gave to somebody when he explained the work he did on Rogue One. And, and, and you draw your own conclusions on who this man is and how he acts. But I, I think this quote sums Tony Gilroy up perfectly. That was my superpower. I've never been interested in Star Wars, ever. 
so I had no reverence for it whatsoever. I was unafraid about that, and they were in such a swamp. They were in so much terrible, terrible trouble that all you could do was improve their position. I mean, he sounds like a, a Trump-type character, yeah, he right? He just sounds like the biggest, like the, the, the most like self-inflating, you know, self just so selfish, so self-centered and like, Oh, he, uh, he's a little bit of a narcissist. Yeah. You think it's just like, come on guy. And look, what, you know, what can we say about his work on, on rogue one? Yes. We, you know, we found out that he essentially wrote the back, like the ending. He rewrote the entire ending of the movie and the entire ending includes that one scene and you know that everybody remembers that everybody will always love with Vader chopping people up in the hallway so i mean yeah. he, the work that he did was great but i mean god he's he just does he seems like a narcissistic prick he's but. an asshole i mean george lucas the maker he's probably the only one that could take this tone with a star wars project yeah. and not seem like an asshole yeah i mean this guy look I'm excited to see what he does, but man, I really hope he loses that tone when he comes back in because there, there's no quote associated with the Variety article. You know, nothing from him, nothing from Lucasfilm or anything like that. So maybe, you know, he's had a little change of heart when it comes to the Star I Wars doubt series. It. This, this guy's a fucking dick. But, I mean, I, I bet the whole time he'll be like, you know what? I fucking hate casting Andor. I fucking hate Star Wars, but I'm Tony fucking Gilroy. Yeah. I like his, you know, his notable. I, work, I bet he doesn't hate the paycheck he's going to oh, get from this yeah, shit. Yeah, he's going to get paid a pretty penny for sure. And if you're wondering what so Mr. Gilroy has done in the past to you know, to inflate his own ego in the ways that he has is uh, he's responsible for the Bourne legacy, so not any of the Matt Damon ones. Shit, like <laughs> a, a shit franchise. Yeah. I mean, the the action and, and the cinematography in the Bourne is some of the worst. Talk to any professional stuntman, they'll tell you. What you see in the Bourne legacy is a joke. All those jerky camera movements is because they don't know how to do stunts. They don't know how to film stunts. They don't know how to fight, this, that, and the other thing, so... Fuck off. There Tony. you go. Michael Clayton, which is like a it was like a drama kind of movie with uh what's his name? George Clooney in it. I think he plays like a lawyer. Uh Duplicity. Yeah, it already sounds terrible. Like he's he also came on briefly. If you've ever seen the documentary um this was uh Superman the Superman documentary. I can't remember what it is. Superman lives. Oh, the one that like with Nick Cage and everything, yeah, exactly. like how fucked up Superman license was for a yeah, while. Yeah, exactly that one. It was the one with that that John Schnepp did, or yeah. um, you know, Tony Gilroy came in to essentially write the back half to to try to you know rewrite the script for the Tim Burton Superman movie that never happened. That was right. starring Nick Cage, and that was starring. I think they had cast somebody else in gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know, man. He just he just sounds like a pompous asshole. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Hollywood like him, but typically when someone is asked to come into a mega franchise like Star Wars, they they show a little grace. Uh, they they show a little uh, tact. They're thankful, yeah. right? You know, they're not like oh. Well, you're lucky I could clear my schedule because you all know my shit smells like roses. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, man. Yeah. 
Like people would, there's probably people out there in Hollywood, young aspiring writers, directors that would literally chop off a body part to get a a job like this. And then you have this guy who I I know we're, we're attributing a lot of this conversation to a quote he made a few years ago, but old people don't really change, right? We've kind of seen that in American politics. People stick to their guns regardless if they're right or wrong. It's, it's, it's an issue, but I, I think this guy is a Star Wars hater. I, I, it's like, I, I guarantee when the agent gave him the, the news, he's probably like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm going to get millions of dollars to work on Star Wars again, that stupid <sighs> sci-fi it's shit. Like, I guess. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, like, oh, it's so beneath me, but I haven't done shit in years because I'm really not even that good, <laughs> so I might as well take it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So the way that, that Andor is, you know, being described now is it's a spy thriller. So and that, and that makes sense considering that this is going to be a prequel series to Rogue One, obviously, since Cassian dies at the end of Rogue One. Not calling spoilers on that because if you're listening to this, you should have seen Rogue One a long oh, time yeah. I ago. I mean, fuck, fuck you, people. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll adhere to spoilers for new shit, but get the fuck out of here for years old stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm really hoping that um, you know this does kind of take that approach. You know, the the infiltrative spy type of net. Do we see him infiltrate the Empire at any time right. during the show and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see where... Yeah, no, it, it should be a good one. It, it, I think it's going to be entirely different than what we're going to get in Mando. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, think, I think the worlds will look similar, but it's going to be a, a completely different type of show. Uh, like you said, this one should be very thrilling. I think we've talked before, and, and once we'd want to see, I, I'd love to see Cassian get shady again, kill some more people, you know, just do spy assassin type of stuff. Exactly, exactly. So... Even though it seems like there is a, a giant penis at the helm, I'm still excited for the Cassian Andor series. Looking forward to it dropping, hopefully, sometime late 2020, maybe 2021 uh, on Disney+. Plus. Good stuff. Yeah, so speaking of Star Wars directors, we got a little blip out of Mr. Ryan Johnson. I know to some of you, he is the devil. I don't quite feel that way, and I'm... I'm somewhat excited to go see Knives Out here in a few weeks because I do think the guy can tell a story with a camera. But when he was out, I'm assuming promoting Knives Out, uh, Bang Showbiz got him on the red carpet and asked some questions. And for the first time, I know a lot of people have been kind of hinting at it and feeling it and calling it, but for the first time, it it, it sounds like Ryan's not so sure he's going to be working with Lucasfilm again on his, what at one point in time, I thought was a guaranteed trilogy. Yeah. So let me read the quote, Nick, and we'll kind of break it down here. But here's what he said when asked about, when will we see your next Star Wars movies? And he just says, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm still talking to Lucasfilm. They're figuring out what they're doing, and we'll see what happens. But you know I'd be thrilled if it happens, but I'm doing my own stuff too. So key word in there, my friend, is... Well, we'll see, and then if. I mean, that if is a huge if. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the last time that we heard anything solid from Lucasfilm or Disney on Ryan's trilogy was actually prior to the release of, or, you know, to to the release of TLJ. I mean, like... You're exactly right. I mean, because you remember, I mean, all the critic reviews were coming in. Everyone's like, holy fuck, this guy literally is going to beat Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and... 
So, I mean, there, there's huge hype around Ryan before the public even got to see TLJ. Yeah, and, and Disney took that hype, and they were like, look, man, if everything turns out the way that we expect it to, you're going to be a fucking giant superstar in Star Wars land. So here you go. Here's your own trilogy. We're giving it to you now. Start to think about it. And then the movie performed extremely well, made $1.2 billion worldwide, was very critically well-received. I mean, dude, it's still 90% Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. I mean, so. but then we have the backlash from it. And, and what Disney had, it now seems like they're doing with the, the backlash from TLJ and with the, you know, the Bosch release of Solo on their part, they're kind of taking things in Star Wars land a little bit right. more cautiously. So now they're, you know, it, they've decided that the Got Bros, you know, Weiss and Benioff will have the first stab at Star Wars post Skywalker times. Um, and then we'll see what happens with Ryan, if he's still going to be around. But Well, I mean, dude, we're in a completely different state now prior to when he was revealed to be doing a trilogy. I mean, at that point in time, they were still on track to be releasing at least one movie a year up through 2021. Exactly. And so, so what this is, this is my guess here. This is the Bob Iger fallout. This is the... The white guy in the suit got nervous because they blew Solo and some fans got angry about Ryan Johnson. And this is him now saying to the creatives, listen, fuck you guys. It's about money in the end. It's not about art. It's not about trying new things. It's about making fucking cash. I fucked up the brand because of Mary Poppins and because I'm stupid. But now other people are going to pay for my fuck up. And that includes the fans because they're going to have to wait three fucking years now to see another Star Wars movie. And people like Ryan, you know what? Just because some fans didn't quite like your direction, I want to play it safe, and we're just going to remove you, remove you from the equation altogether. Maybe you can ghostwrite some stuff, but there's no way in hell we're attaching your name to anything Star Wars in the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm really hopeful that after Star Wars reemerges in the theater in, what what is it, 2022 that we yep. will be past all this shit. I mean, that's a, it's a long time. Oh, come on, dude. I mean, what planet do you live <sighs> I don't on? Know. You really have been out of America and off social media for I too long. I have been, but it's just like that. There's a piece in, in me that just says, you know, all it takes is good content that people will just reattach themselves to. The Mando. M- maybe 20 years, you know, be. so like people like me who are, or lessening their hate of the prequels at this point, just because I don't have it in me anymore to give a fuck. We gotta, we gotta get a, we gotta get a former Disney hate. We gotta get a Disney hater, and we gotta turn them. We gotta turn them into a Disney Star Wars lover. And I, I, I well, got that, a guy you know, for that. You. I was gonna say, I, I think we're probably thinking of the same guy. I, I'm thinking of Papa. Uh, me too. Triple yeah, P. Yeah, Papa Palp. Papa, if you're listening and you... Papa is... He's definitely not a fan of Disney's Star Wars whatsoever. He's not. He's not. But what we're asking you, Papa, is just... I know you're listening to this one. This might be a little bit of foreshadowing as to what's coming in the top five. But if you're listening, you should be. You got it. Let's talk a little bit. Let's have a discussion around Disney Star Wars. Are you excited for Mandalorian? Because I think that's a piece of content that's right up... Your alley, especially. For- I don't know, dude. I think he's even pissed at that because his one of his first images of the Mandalorian Black Series figure, which, by the way, you missed that, dude. That that figure is taking the toy photography community by storm. 
I mean, the, the shit that people are – even I actually think I put out two decent shots using the Mando. But his first shot of the Mando was, was a Boba Fett choking him out, essentially implying I'm the fucking Mandalorian. <laughs> I see it. I, <laughs> Papa. I love Papa, man. He's like, he's like fuck all this shit. <laughs> but like, anything Disney touches, he's like, eat a yeah. dick. Come on, Papa. Just give it a chance. I don't know, man. It's just like I don't – I can't. <laughs> And you know how I was. I mean, if there's anyone still listening to us that had been around when we were on the, the EB network, I mean, I, I used to get here on Friday nights all lit up and just go on rants, diatribes about my prequel. Oh, yeah. I mean, even... It just... It, it, there, it, it'd be so bad that the next morning I'd wake up and be like, man, I am a fucking angry <laughs> asshole. Like, why would anyone want to just listen to that shit nonstop? Would be, I, there are people that do like hate. I get it, but I can't. I can't do it anymore. I, I don't care. I've got. I've got people to hate and real life stuff to hate. I can't sit here and worry about how Anakin as a character was shortchanged and it fucked up Darth Vader for life. I mean, it is what it is. I moved on. Yeah, but I feel like we can we can get past that. I think the Mando is gonna smack everything down that that's been going on in the fandom. It's going to come in strong. People are getting exactly what they wanted at the beginning of 2020 with the release of the Clone Wars revival. We have this awesome Cassian Andor series coming out. We have solid amounts of Star Wars content coming, people. We have Cal Kestis and the Jedi Fallen Order getting ready to release in less than a month. Can't wait. That's like a month away, too. Yeah, I mean, this is the best time to be a Star Wars fan. I'll tell you what, dude. That game... Is like a Dark Souls. I, I'm gonna be so fucking disappointed. I know if the combat is because I, I just I had to review the Surge Two for EB and and that was the least amount of fun I've ever had playing a game because I hate Soulsborne type of game. I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I get I, I I understand why those want to push themselves because it I guess it can give you a feeling of accomplishment, but. Man, when you're literally playing essentially the opening tutorial mission for an hour and a half, two hours, because you're getting killed by just fucking bozo NPCs, yeah. I don't see any enjoyment in that. I don't even see how that's a, a fun challenge to tackle. So I, I like that we've heard that Respawn's going with somewhat intuitive precision-based combat i just hope it's not the oh yeah if you make one fucking wrong move and don't parry and block like it's real sword fighting you're fucking dead by bozo trooper yeah exactly like i just don't want to have to sit there and roll around and miss get missed you know by every attack it's i hope it's not like that i don't think it will i mean but we'll, they, we'll they have said we'll it's strategic yeah. and, you know, directional joystick presses will affect attacks. I mean, it has me a little worried. I, I just I really hope it's more it leans a little bit more towards Force Unleashed 2 where it wasn't just full on brain dead button mashing, but it kind of was with a little bit of skill required. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We're close, but, you know, we, we may never be close to that new Ryan Johnson Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bummer. I, I do. I, I like the guy as an artist. I'm going to go out there and say it. You guys can tell me I'm fucking blind, stupid, can't hear. I liked Looper. Looper was... Liked what he did with TLJ. Again, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. I don't know if it'll be in my top five, but I don't hate it. Uh, and I really do. I think Knives Out's going to be great. So, I mean, give the guy a break. I mean, if he doesn't get any more Star Wars, that's kind of a shame that Dizzy would cave to a segment of fans but in the end it's business i mean look look what's going on 
with the NBA in China right now. Oh, I mean, they're essentially selling their souls out to keep that 1.4 billion population market intact. Yeah. I mean, Nike, Apple, all these companies caving to commies. Yeah. Caving to commies because of the almighty dollar. So, you know, Disney, they're, they're no different. Yeah, they're, Disney, you know, Disney built their Marvel series to appease to, to the Chinese audience as well. And one of the reasons that it was suggested that Star Wars didn't do as well in China was because in, you know, by Chinese standards, they didn't cast women who were, you know, hot enough which I think is the most ridiculous thing, but that's what was out there like immediately when well, you also on the flip side of that, you also have a, a section of the fandom menace is like, yeah, they only put Kelly Marie Tran in it because she's Chinese and they need the Chinese money. I was like, well, she's Vietnamese yeah, she's first not off. Chinese, so good so try. you lose there and there you go. You race. Yeah. It's like good try, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. What, just because they have Different looking eyes, you think they're all the same type of human. Yeah, what a fuck. Oh, God, it's 2019. Here we are. Here we are. All right, so moving on to some The Rise of Skywalker stuff. And unfortunately, my prediction of 1014 at this point for a new trailer did not ring true. Uh, I know Nick and I, we, we've kind of been saying that for a few weeks. I, I doubled down on it last week when John Boyega's agent was like, yeah, suck my dick. It's definitely coming out. Well, he's full of shit. Yeah. He's probably just trolling everybody, having fun. Uh, Boyega even had to get on his his Twitter and be like, hey, I, guys, listen, I really don't know when it's coming, but I think it's going to be soon and it's going to be great. Just shut the fuck up, leave me alone type of shit. Uh, but we now have a, a, a new date and a lot of the big-time leakers out there. I don't want to... I kind of hate referring to them as the Holy Trinity because that's the name Jason from MSW has given himself in Bespin Bulletin and Jedi Pax at this point. And it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, it's like, look, you- there is a part of me. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, Nick. You know this. I would love to have the audience that those people do. I would love to be looked at someone that is a mover and shaker in I Star mean, Wars fandom. I would fandom. love to have their sources more than anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, but when you start kind of puffing out your chest and acting like I'm awesome because I sometimes hit Star Wars leaks and these are the only three great leakers out here and how dare you ever critique our leaks and say we're stupid or wrong because that's the nature of leaking. It's like, eh, calling yourself the Holy Trinity, that's a little narcissistic. Yeah. A little pompous. But either way, they've all kind of converged and they're now thinking that 1021 – uh, next Monday is going to be the debut night for the Rise of Skywalker. They're going with a Monday night football debut, kind of like I was uh, hypothesizing for this week. And I, I still think it Disney fucked up this week, Nick, because there's a large Disney movie opening this Friday in Maleficent 2. Yeah. And you'd think they would take advantage of that, a new movie hitting theaters, to tag a Star Wars trailer on it. Uh, I, I really doubt that they'll debut the trailer in theaters. I mean, it's not 1999 anymore. I can't remember the last time a major movie franchise debuted its trailer in a theater and not on a TV show or just YouTube. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was odd they didn't do it, but I, I at this point, it has to be the 21st. Yeah, I mean, Monday Night Football is essentially a captive audience of human beings. Like you're going to get the largest amount of eyes on it. So it always makes sense to do it then. Um, and, and like you said, 
you know, I, I guess after you drop it, you know, Maleficent 2 is still fresh. Maybe you could throw the trailers in after it's already dropped. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I don't know. It's, it's an odd timing, but, you know, Disney owns a lot of property. You know, Disney doesn't necessarily have to say, well, we have to do it on Monday night. Disney could do whatever the fuck they want. Like, Disney will take over half a segment of Good Morning America to drop a new Star Wars trailer. Right. We've seen that in the past. Uh, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that we don't get it on a Monday Night Football audience, but it just seems to make the most sense if you're trying to get something in front of as many people as possible at one time. So I would still contend you'll have more eyes on good GMA than MMA or MMA. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, MNF is ESPN, which is cable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't even watch Monday Night Football anymore because I mean, me personally, dude. Booger McFarland and whoever that other random dipshit color commentator is or play oh, by play. Tessator. Joe, Joe Tessator could used to be, be a fight commentator. He used to do boxing. <laughs> could be the worst broadcasters I've I've ever listened to. I mean, last night I had the game on just in the background, was editing some toy photography. And, and I swear to God, I mean, Booger was right. The officiating was awful, but every fucking time he talked, he had to mention officiating. Yeah. It's like we got your point, bro. I mean, he was essentially wanted to start a fight with the on-air ref <laughs> that they have now in the in the booth. And it's like, Booger, you're right, man. The officiating's terrible, but shut the fuck it's like, up. Yes, we we've heard you say it's bad, but we we get it. And Tessator, I mean, come on, I, I could do better play by play than that, and I don't even know how to do yeah, it. Tessator is definitely having a rough go at his first try. I mean, if I'm looking at the game that's happening on the 21st, I mean, it's not a particularly I mean, I guess it's a big market game if you're looking at... Who is it? It's the Who Patriots it? versus the Jets. But the Oh, there you go, dude. I mean, come on. It's New York it's and Boston. New York, exactly. I mean, I, like you said, it, it's it's all market. Yeah, there. it's a giant market. So, I mean, the game that happened on the 14th was what? The, it was Detroit and Green Bay. Green Bay, it's, Detroit. There's no way yeah. that they're going to drop it during that one. So, it makes sense to giant... TV Isn't markets. it also Carrie's birthday on the 21st? I, I thought I saw oh, something like that floating it around. It might be. I'm not sure. It could be. It could definitely be. But Hey, Google. When's Carrie Fisher's birthday? To get help with that, you'll need to give me some more information. Oh, you fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to use the Google. We'll have to use, it is the tw- she was we'll born use, October 21st. Yes, 1950. Okay, so that, I, that was another, you know, kind of people putting it out there like, "Ooh, they're maybe saving it for Carrie's birthday." Like, I highly doubt they they're thinking are about thinking that, about yeah. that. But really, Nick, the important thing to me is to me, I believe it's inevitable that when this trailer drops, we're also going to get the pre-order notice, and that's got my bunghole clenched. <laughs> See, like for you, the pre-order notice has always been a bigger deal for me because my theaters are always open. Like I don't have to worry about it. Fucking asshole! <laughs> but you live in a somewhat busy city. I do. Like, I, do people just hate like uh, MCU movies and Star Wars movies? No, he, there, or what? This is what it is. It's everybody pre-orders shit at Alamo Draft House, and I don't go to Alamo Draft House because Alamo Draft God, House yeah. is it's a nice theater if you want to sit down and eat while you watch a movie but like right. i go to regal because well one now i have the regal unlimited pass so 18 dollars a month i get to oh look at you you got you got up in on that oh shit. yeah it's worth it too it's it's well worth it 
So I get my my free stuff through through Regal. I have a Regal Cinemas that's literally within walking distance of my apartment that nobody goes to. I went to TLJ opening night, like Thursday opening for it, and there were seven other people in the theater. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's just like, I think it's just because everybody floods the Alamos and there's so many here that the other theater chains just, they have free seating. Like it's just open. So, and nobody thinks to look at them. Like everybody in, in Austin just thinks, Oh my God, there's no seat at an Alamo draft house. Then I can't see the movie. It's like, well, you got it. Wow. Yeah, lo- that's lucky you, man. Cause I, I dude, I told you this after the uh, end game fiasco that I was already dreading the Tross pre-orders. I mean, that, that would have been what, six months yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm getting itchy. I'm sitting here shaking already. Yeah. It's because, and in the end here, here's, it's all self-inflicted. I know for a fact, I will be seeing the rise of Skywalker Thursday yeah. night of opening week. There's no doubt about it. But until I get those damn tickets reserved, I will my heart, my soul, my mind will not be able to rest. Yeah. I will be a fucking nervous wreck until I know that my first screening is secured and it the seats are gonna be decent and it's hopefully gonna be in AMC's Dolby Cinema, which at this point in time probably is the best theater experience out there in terms of screen brightness and the sound. Oh yeah. I've been in the, uh, the, like the crazy, like there's, you sit there and you shake when like, shit, Oh, it's like, ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Dolby cinema is, is the shit. I mean, you get the Atmos, even, even AMC prime theaters are almost Dolby cinema. They're not quite there, but AMC's just been knocking it out of the park in terms of their, their theaters and what they've done with reservations, the A-list program, the big ass leather recliners everywhere. So yeah, dude, I mean, I'll be stressing about it. I'm sure you'll get some texts or Slack <laughs> messages when I'm frantically waiting in, you know, online queues or my orders are getting canceled and I'm seeing the seats get ticked away and I'll be like, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get through it. I, I think I'm taking the intern. He's going to come out here nice. and watch it. So uh, the plans to see it Thursday night, at least once. And then uh, early again, uh, Friday, and then maybe take a day off and catch it again on Sunday. You try to get at least three screenings in opening weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of my aim too. I know that I might be near a travel time, but for for my trip back home for the Christmas break. But we'll see. I'm sure I can get in at least two before I have to go back home. I mean, speaking of you know the theatrical release and and you know reserving your tickets, Matt. This was something that dropped earlier this week, and it is around the one big thing that we've been talking about for Tross since we knew Tross was going to come out. We we're like, how long is this movie going to be? What's All the right. fucking runtime? First off, people, that was a professional segue by my friend Nick right there. Okay, <laughs> I kind of ruined it by telling everyone, but that was a professional segue. <laughs> Uh, I did one little follow-up on our last conversation, though. Why do you see a new Star Wars movie multiple times opening weekend? Which, which your re- justification? Not that you need one, but I'm interested because I have mine. I want to know what yours Cause is. The first, I'll tell you why I see it at least twice. Because the first time I see it, it's just all emotion. Like, Oh, dude, it's, I, I, I mean, nailed it right there. That's definitely one. Yeah, it, it's, it's pure, it's pure emotion. Like, the first time I saw... TFA, like I cried multiple times in the theater. Like I just walked out yeah. and I was like, this is the fucking yeah. best thing that's ever happened in my life. Like <laughs> that was just like a mess. And 
then you you watch it again to pick up on the details that you missed because there's no way that right. you're going to catch everything important in that movie the first time you see it just because 100%. Yeah. So the first time is just you go to see it as soon as you can. You get that emotional high. You you live your your dreams of seeing Star Wars on a big a big screen, a big theater. And then the second time that I go, I'm doing a little bit more digging into you know, what I'm looking at, you know, I'm listening to yeah, the like whispers. watching the background a little more intently and exactly, stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that's my justification for multiple viewings. And then right. anytime past that, it's just cause I'm a psycho. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that, that also comes into play in mind, but it, no, I'm with you right there. It's the first one. I, I, I essentially am having a living stroke when I watch a new star Wars movie for the first time. When I, when I watched TLJ, I was out in Vegas with the intern and the wives and, Dude, I mean, the entire time leading up to the movie, my heart was racing a mile a minute. The whole time we're watching the movie, my heart's ready to blow out of my chest, crying, this, that, and the other. I'll still contend the opening sequence to TLJ could be the most dramatic, tension-filled opening of any Star Wars movie. I I mean, Poe's little stunt and then the bombers attacking – you know, the remote falling. The first time I saw that, I, I just, I loved the drama that Johnson got in that moment. Um, obviously, the, the Snoke betrayal was huge. I reacted crazy to that. I When Finn was making his suicide run at the laser, I was like, oh my God, no, they're going to do this, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, but honestly, and like Nick said, because I'm a psycho, that's also why I see it multiple times. I like to see it in every format possible. So a Dolby Cinema, an IMAX, and if it's out there, some bozo ass 3D digital. Shit. Yeah, yeah, the 3D, the real D, 3D, the whatever. Yeah, 3D. so I, I like kind of seeing the the big IMAX format, the Dolby Cinema format, and then if there is a a wonkier, gimmicky type of format, I'll check that out as well. But there's a good chance I'll be seeing this at minimum five times, six times, probably in theaters. I think I saw fucking Endgame four times nice. and that that was a slog yeah uh, but i still kept going back so yeah i'm excited but sorry getting into the runtime deal that nick uh, perfectly segued into and then i basically just pissed all over <laughs> it uh with a follow-up but uh we we got something here it looked like someone took a picture of a a pos system for those of you that have never had your first job in retail yet that's your point of sale system the cash register if you will it looks like some employee, movie theater employee, took a, a screenshot of one. And Nick, it lists advanced ticketing blocks for The Rise of Skywalker, but that's really not the interesting aspect. The interesting S aspect is that a runtime is listed. Yes, a runtime of 155 minutes. So it's sounding better. It is. Sounding better than what we talked about a few uh, casts Yeah, ago. exactly. So the first kind of hint or little leading bit of information that we got towards the runtime was from John Williams' brother mentioning that he recorded about two hours and 15 minutes of new music for uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, so that was kind of like people were like, what, two hours and 15 minutes? Then he said, oh, it's wall-to-wall music. So there's going to be music from the moment it starts to the moment it ends. So people were like, are we only getting two hours and 15 minutes of Star Wars here? That seems off. This new runtime leak, quote-unquote leak, I mean, we don't know. This could be inaccurate. There's not a finalized cut of the movie yet, so there's no way that this could be perfectly accurate, right? Um, 
No, you're right. And there, there's, this, this is actually, I mean, I, I saw this story from Star Wars Unity either earlier this week or over the weekend. And I was just lazy. But they, they, they are the ones that initially reported they're here in 155, but it's not final. Because there, there were some reshoots, and obviously the way these directors work, they'll, they'll edit the motherfucker right up until a release Yeah, week. exactly. So two hours, I mean, one hour or 155 minutes equals two hours and 35 minutes. And usually that means stem See, to stern. We can do math. Yeah. We can do our math. Two hours and 35 minutes, stem to stern, meaning that will go until the end of the credits. So usually you get about five to seven minutes of credits at the end of a movie. Um, so you're looking at a runtime at about two and a half hours. And, you know, we were both of the mind that we wanted a longer movie than TLJ. So Matt, you were the one who was most concerned about the initial runtime that we thought two hours and 15. Does this make you feel a little better? Yeah, I, I definitely feel a little better. I'm still not, you know, my nipples aren't hard, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this doesn't get me excited. It, uh, it makes me feel okay. I mean, I kind of wrote up the post and I went back and forth in my own head. Like, do I like this? Do I not like it? I mean, in the end, I would, I would prefer to be much closer to the 180 minute. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm a Star Wars junkie. This is the culmination of nine movies that have spanned nearly 50 years at this point. So why not take your time in, in telling these plot threads that J.J. and Terrio have, have woven into uh, the Rise of Skywalker? You know, last week, Jared and I were talking about the two questions that, these, that drove the, the, the script for The Rise of Skywalker, who is Rey, and what is the Force, or how powerful is the Force. So let that shit play out. Slow boil it. There's no reason to rush through the acts of this film. And this is it, my friends. If we're going to believe Disney at their word, Skywalkers are bye-bye after The Rise of Skywalker. They're gone. Yeah. You're never going to see another Skywalker live-action anything ever again. I find that hard to believe, but that's the stance they're taking, so we have to believe them at this point in time. So why are we trying to get this one out the door nice and quick? Hey, we don't want to make people sit for too long, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I mean, I guess we have to trust a guy like J.J. to know, be like, all right, if you only need two and a half hours to tell – a story that's going to be perfect and stick the landing for nine movies. And I'm going to believe you because he's earned that respect at this point. But I don't know. Slow boy it like end game slow, make that at first act nice and slow, set shit up and then bang, 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 bang. Just keep fucking punching us in the face over the last two. Acts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it's an odd, like two hours and 35 is definitely a, <laughs> it's a long movie. Like, it would be, I mean, right now at 155, it's technically longer than TLG. Yeah, so, and here's the thing, like, outside of Marvel movies, like, two hours and two hours and 35 minutes is, is a long fucking movie. Like, if you sat down to watch some random-ass Joe Blow movie and it's two hours and 35 minutes long, you'd be like, I don't know about this shit. Like, I don't know what this is about. I've never heard of it before. Like, maybe I'll take a break on it. But, like... Two hours and 35 minutes is a significant amount of time to tell a tale. And like you said, J.J. is a professional filmmaker. I mean, this guy has written some of the, the coolest nerddom films that have released in the last decade. Um, I mean, even going back further than that, if you, if you look at the original Cloverfield movie, which was kind of like a, like a cinematic shakeup, 
the guy knows what he's doing in storytelling, and he knows what he's doing, especially with the you know with these giant. Yeah, I, I love JJ. I mean, I love the guy. He's fa- he's fantastic. Yes. Pretty much anything he puts out, I'll watch and I'll probably enjoy. That's why, at first, I think yes, yeah, you and I we talked about his Warner Brothers deal, right? No, what was his? he's got a WB deal, right? I mean, didn't they hire him his his bad robot services for like the next few years or That's, whatever? Wouldn't surprise me. Oh, oh, with Warner Media, yes, yes, yes yeah. Warner so Media, same yeah. thing. You know what they own, right? They own the DC properties. Yeah, two hundred fifty million dollars. So, <laughs> right. So maybe this guy will start kind of turning around the 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 DC cinematic universe with James Gunn. Who knows? But. I guarantee if JJ does anything DC related for WB, it'll be better than what we've yeah, seen. I mean, look at this. So the, they, what they're calling for Abrams with this thing is that Warner's getting ready to launch their own Netflix Hulu competitor. Oh, they're HBO Max. So he's making he's making big bank with HBO Max content. That's going to be JJ's ballpark. Got but it. yeah, I mean, two and a half hours. I'm comfortable there. If they add ten minutes here, if they, you know, I'll be happy. But I really trust him to be able to do it in that amount of time. I do too. And that's why I'm not freaking out, but I'm telling you right now, if they came out and said 180 minutes, I'd probably jizz in my yeah. pants. Now, Matt, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this screenshot. This is something I just noticed. I don't know if it means anything. I'm going to lean on you. See if you know if this could mean anything. So runtime. Yes. Clearly says 155. Look at the times for each movie and look under it at the little time. So, 9 a.m. starts at 9, 10 a.m. And then there's a 12.09 p.m. at oh, the bottom. Yeah. And it's exactly the same for everyone. It's two hours and 59 minutes to the yeah. T. So why would that be a two hour and 59 minutes exactly for each one of these reservations? Okay. That's a very sleuthy pickup, my friend. We'll, we'll send your check in the mail. <laughs> I mean, um, it's got to be the trailers. Yeah, I was gonna say trailers. Probably adding twenty five minutes of trailers, which which is commonplace these days. Yeah, trailers, probably theater cleanup time, something like that. Yeah, right. I, I've actually I've never seen a, a suggested end time for a movie, so it is still interesting. That's a good point. How we could have made a, a YouTube video on that, like Mike Zero, and put like we've solved the mystery. Runtime. Anakin's coming back. Yeah, real runtime, three hours. Shmi's coming back. Padme's coming back. Dude. Watto. All of them. They're just bringing. Back. Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably trailer times. Yeah. And at this point in time, my friends, if if you go to a movie to watch the trailers, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You've seen them all before. Do you do you get to a movie when it's supposed to start, or do you show up when it's really supposed to we start? We show at this up point typically time? like ten minutes early, just in case. I mean, there's never a reason for us to do it, but like right. we've we've gotten to the point now where like if we're going to the movies regularly, like we can recite the trailers that we see before the film. <laughs> like, That's what I mean. It's so I, I literally, and it's it's a benefit of living two miles from an AMC, but. I will leave my house at the time the movie is supposed to start. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, by the time I drive to the theater, punch in and sit down, the movie starts. Yeah. I mean, I, I sometimes have to watch a trailer or two at most. I mean, sometimes, dude, there's there's like thirty ass minutes of trailers, all of which you could have seen fifty five thousand times on YouTube before you went to the movie. It's just like we were saying earlier. I mean. 
I can remember in in 99, I was buying tickets to Monsters, Inc. to watch the Phantom Menace trailer because that's the only place you could watch yeah, it. Yeah, now you can't, yeah, you don't have to worry about that anymore, so... Now, next week, when the when the next Tross trailer comes, it is for damn sure going to be on YouTube probably within minutes of it airing on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's I don't know, simultaneous but, drop probably, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's no yeah. reason to run out to theaters to see trailers anymore. Like you said, they're all online. They're all dropping before the theater release dates anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was two hours and 59 minutes and we just, you know, unlock that secret. But <laughs> I'm thinking that's probably some trailer time built in there, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Good call. So. All right. So we got another thing with Rise of Skywalker. And depending on if you're a leak reading asshole like oof. myself or not, th- this may be an, a neat little article for you. But we got some insights into Naomi Aki's character, Jana. Uh, that's who she's playing in the film and she uh sat down and talked with total film we picked it up through games radar but according to aki jan is going to play a key role during the film's conclusion so essentially third actish type of stuff um you know we could pretend like we don't know what role she's going to play but if you've read the msw stuff or jedi paxis or bespin bulletin the holy trinity whatever the fuck they want to call themselves you kind of have an idea what what Jana is going to get into and why she is key to the film's conclusion. And we're not even going to go into that because uh, after doing that act one leak cast, I, I still yeah. want to essentially scrape out my eyes with a yeah, rusty spoon. I felt, I felt dirty after doing that. I was it's like, off. I mean, th- there have been man. times by myself where I, I've almost sat and cried a bit. Like, what did I do? Yeah, I know. Right. Why <laughs> did I do this to myself? Cause uh, I saw a shot of Ray on Pisana wearing something. I'm like, yep, that's the thing we read about. So, <laughs> yep, these are probably pretty legit. Oh, uh, man. It's just, I, yeah. I mean, it was hard. The fans requested it. So, we made sure that we got some sort of leak cast out there for you guys. But, man, like doing stuff like that is tough. I mean, look, MSW and those guys out there, they're, they're you know, I'm sure there's big as big a Star Wars fans, if not bigger Star Wars fans than us. But, like, I don't know how they do it. Like, what joy do you have in seeing a movie if you know everything that's going to happen before you see it? Like, it's just, like, at that point, you're just watching for story beats that you know are already coming, which kind of destroys things in a, in a plot. But in terms of Naomi Aki's character, Janna, and her role at the end of the film, I mean, we we kind of know that she's going to... to basically become a part of the gang right you know they're gonna land well she even says here i I fucked up i didn't read the (laughs) quote but janna is a warrior and she comes into contact with the rest of the group at a point where they need some help she is part of the resistance and she spent a long time acquiring skills that might be helpful when it comes to the big conclusion of the film so she shows up at the right time so i mean naomi's pretty much saying that she's in the resistance already is that how you're interpreting that yeah she's basically come out and says it you know i you know she is a part of the resistance i am a part of the resistance so who knows if she's a remote agent or if the resistance has finally spread to other planets and there are people that just like the rebellion they're they're kind of throwing their weight behind the movement uh but but again if if you've read some of the leaks you you know what naomi's talking about i I don't want to go into it i've already talked about that but she is going to play a a play, pretty big role. I mean, she we're not really giving anything away here. She's going to meet up with the group. That group's going to be the good guys. So the Finns, the Poes, the Rays. Uh, 
And, you know, I mean, can, can you uh, let's look at the little bit of, you know, get you, I guess you could call it like a little bit of, you know, comparison to ROTJ here. So at the end of ROTJ, we know that we're on we're on, uh, you know, the, the forest moon of Endor. We have the 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 rebellion setting onto that planet to, to blow up these shield generators. And then the Empire comes down, and they stop them. But who's there? To combat the empire you have these little small forest people you have the ewoks there can you say that you know there's a bit of a similarity between you know the the forest people the people of the land fighting against the giant you know global galactic empire do we see that as well in trust with the with naomi aki's people here yeah i mean I don't even know if she has people, but she definitely seems like someone that would be persecuted by a force like the first. Exactly. Order. Yeah. Someone that's been wronged, put down, held back, you know, whatever other tragedies a, a organization like the first order would inflict on people in the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, but let's just, let's just say that Jan is not going to have any love whatsoever for the first order. Yeah. And everyone will find out why, and you, everyone will probably be like, "Oh shit, I like that." Yeah, yeah I mean, because I would have. I know if I was watching a movie without reading the leak, I'd have been like, "Fuck yeah, I like that type of a uh, that move, canon type of shit, tying stuff together, looping things in, kind of connecting dots type of stuff." Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff to really be wrapped up here with trust yeah th- this character trust me jan is not just going to be some random. rando that they find and they help him out she's going to bring a little bit more to the game than yeah that. she she has i guess we'll leave it at that before we just start blurting it all yeah, out i mean she's going to be a super interesting character i mean i love her aesthetic i love the in the in the shot that you use for the featured you know the featured image of the post i love these animals that that she's on in one of the quotes. Yeah, she yeah. talked about them. They're called Orbats, yeah. and they're essentially alien horses. Yeah. So, I mean, she she trained. She actually learned how to ride horses to learn this role. Uh, but like you said, dude, I, I just think as a character, she looks badass. I mean, she essentially has, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're goggles that serve as a headband, but then she's got like a motherfucking cape. Yeah, <laughs> just... And, and on top of that, she's got a bow and arrow, like a bow and arrow in Star exactly. Wars. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like, if you remember the end of ROTJ, where you just got the little fucking Ewoks, they're in the trees, they're just shooting these shitty arrows at the fucking stormtroopers, right. and they're killing them all with rocks and shit. And like, I want to see what comes out of this bow and arrow, because because I I promise you, it's not just going to be. Arrows. Oh no! That's... I, I, I'm expecting some blaster bolts to maybe come yeah. out, or at least explosive. I was materials. gonna say that motherfucker's gonna explode. <laughs> like, but I, I just, I really love the look of this character. I mean, she's, she looks like a boss. She does, dude. You know, I love it. I mean, she just, she looks like someone that has lived a a tough life, but has survived. And she's someone you wouldn't want to fuck with if you ran into her, let's say, in a jungle no. on a forest moon. Oh yeah, you don't you don't want to mess with this girl. She is she is a bad ass. But yeah, I mean, Jan is one of those characters that I really look forward to to digging into a little bit more in Trost and seeing where yeah, she's from. Yeah, I, I want to see her on an ore pack or whatever the fuck they're ore back shooting like Sith or first order jet troopers out of the sky with her bow oh and arrow. Like, as she's riding, like just like, plah, Dude, plah, you know, it'd be plah. great if like 
she had a showdown with one of the knights of rent like that's that's what i would yeah and wins i mean that is something to think about like what what will happen to the knights of ren will they just be summarily dismissed will they scatter or will the good guys have to get kills and if it's the good guys getting the kills it's almost like because the knights of ren have been touted as one of the most powerful evil factions ever i mean we still haven't really seen them in action but apparently they're they're pretty boss level uh, but I feel like if they're they're that level of skill, this, that, and the other thing, they should get sort of like featured deaths. Yeah. You know? like even like in an end game, they they still focused on uh, what Call Obsidian and the main guys of Thanos's force. They're they're kills. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You got to get and look. All of the the good guys have to get their their kills too. I mean. You know, if you think about the Knights of Ren, you could have Finn take one down. You could have Poe take one down. You could have, you know, uh, Rose take one down. I mean, you could scatter their kills out a little bit to make it significant, not only for, you know, like a like a featured death that you're mentioning, but like a significant moment for each of the each of the, the protagonist characters that we have. So I think it's, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what their role is in particular is in this film and how they're going to be treated. Like you said, are, are we just going to see them and then basically like they're gone by no more, but yeah, I hope not. I mean, I really, unless they have plans for them in subsequent movies and you could kind of detach them from the Skywalker saga that they all need to die yeah. on camera. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'd almost like, you know, let's say Ben does come back. I'd like to see him take them all out by himself. That would be sick. That'd probably be the best, to be honest with you. I know, right? Like, he just comes in and it's like, you know why I was the motherfucking knight of Ren, bitches? And he's like, fucking chopping people's heads off. You know what I'm still, you know what I still want to happen? This is something I talked about with Ben in particular. This is a long time ago. I mean, this is months, months, maybe even a year ago. When we first learned why red lightsaber crystals exist, and that's because they bleed. I was really hoping that if we get like a Ben Demption, if we get the Ben, you know, the Kylo to Ben turn back to the good, that we see his blade and then it goes blue. Like it turns back to Ugh. blue. Ugh. So like he's walking up to the Knights. They just see Kylo. They don't know it's Ben. Right. And then he, he ignites the saber. Ignites that bitch. And then it's either blue or green and he just starts fucking Or cutting. like just full on white. Like it just goes yeah, white. Yeah, I mean, that would be sick. And he just starts cutting Oh yeah, that'd be him. awesome. But it's probably not going to happen because... No, probably not because <laughs> I think we've already read what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it will. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know. Oh, fuck me and fuck Jedi Paxis. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> we can all dream, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, that kind of wraps up all of the new Star Wars news we had to throw at your faces this week. But we're not done yet, people. You know what time it is. It's a primetime episode of Star Wars Time Show. So it's time for the top five Star Wars featured artists of the week, which Nick is back. So he curated again. I always line him up. He always picks his top five. But before we get into Nick's most recent top five, I do want to give a special mention, a shout out to a a super fan if you will and that's star wars black series 2019 this guy greg (laughs) has just been excellent as a fan i I would even say he he may be the most loyal fan we have uh this week alone out on instagram on his star wars account his toy account i mean he this, this guy's creating 
essentially dioramas dedicated to the show and stuff we talk about on the show. <laughs> He's really latched on to the fact that we have our two goats in Sir Dork and everything Kylo. I mean, so, I mean, he put out an image today. <laughs> I love literally, it. It's so good. Literally trolling Star Wars Time Show fans. Yeah. I mean, only Star Wars Time Show fans <laughs> would get what Star Wars Black Series 2019 shared today and i love him for that i I love that he's taken charge he is becoming kind of our community cheerleader manager if you will and those are the type of fans we need we want and we appreciate more than we can ever explain in words on the show i'm not fucking around like the fact that that greg has started like this own little we we almost have our own community meme now because of yeah And and that's just fantastic, man. So I just wanted to thank you from one Star Wars fan to the next, a toy photographer to another toy photographer. We appreciate you. We speak your name. And you got to take it up with Nick in terms of getting in the top five. I have nothing. (laughs) It's getting, like I said, I commented on the the picture. You're getting close. You're getting close. I mean, this one in particular was fantastic. I mean, I love, like Matt was saying earlier to me, I think it was before we went live, like the new Mando – Black Series figure that's up there has has really fucking killed it in terms of the the images that you've well, it's seen one of the it. greatest it's the most photogenic figure I think I've seen and the community has has shown us why I mean it's just some fantastic shots uh, I could probably only share Mando shots for the next few weeks and never run out that's how many awesome uh, toy picks are coming out with this guy in it so anyway Star Wars Black Series 2019 Greg just wanted to you know give you a mention a shout out uh, there's a part of me that almost wants to put today's image on a shirt and that just becomes our shirt know, right? where it's literally the mando walking two walking goats on a leash goats. it's great man it's great it's fucking awesome i mean literally i want a shirt like that i mean it's just fantastic like i said it's people like greg that make what we do worth yeah. it it's those types of reactions that type of dedication uh, I mean, all I can say is keep it up, man. Keep spreading the good word. It, it is not going unnoticed. Yeah. All right, dude. So l- let's go ahead and get into your top five, which, you know, you got a nice little break from. You got you took the last two weeks off. Now you're back, and now you're lining them up. So let's get into that first, first one. First one of the top five, I foreshadowed it a little bit earlier in the cast when I was talking about turning one of the Disney haters back to the light side. <laughs> And here we have him. He's, he's up front. He's the number one. He's first he's, on the list. I, I have to say, Nick, the community, and, and I love that we even have one at this point. It may just be two, two guys or maybe four guys. Uh, but Baron's Black Series is petitioning to have Papa Palpatine added to the GOAT list for Star Wars. Papa, Papa has some impressive shots. He has an impressive resume. If you go through Papa's Instagram feed... It's nothing but killers. I mean, the guy is oh, it's, good at it's everything. Nonstop, yeah. nonstop excellence. I mean, he he's busting out thousand like plus shots every fucking oh, yeah. day. Sometimes two times a day. Easy, and and the guy does it in many different forms and fashions too. He's not a particular type of photographer. He does everything. He does mashups. He does scene recreations. He does everything that you can think of. He does action shots. He does chill shots. The guy does it all great. So I can see that. Baron's Black Series, I know we will take this under advisement for a third go to be added. Papa is definitely 
on that short list if we're going to add a goat number three here. But this first shot that we have, and this is pure Papa, I'm not going to lie. If, if Papa is anything, he is a lover of old canon, and he's a lover of the old EU. <laughs> <laughs> so the caption, I mean, the caption, that's what I mean. I, I mean, he just always throws subtle shade, and I it's, love it. It's so good. But So what we have here is a fantastic shot of – of Jaina Solo. I'm not talking yeah. not Ben Solo. We're not talking about Kylo Ren here. No other Solo children except the original EU Jaina Solo with her purple lightsaber. That was canon, people. This is not something that Papa made up in his head. She had nope. It's purple. I mean, this is you know this is some some fantastic stuff here from Papa. And so we have her throwing a lightsaber through a stormtrooper behind her and then also pulling out her father's pistol. If you look at that pistol model, it looks just like her dad's and blasting a stormtrooper in the head in front of her. Uh, and then obviously she's slain two other troopers that are down on the ground in front of her in the foreground of the shot. Read, it, read his caption because that, that truly is, that just seals the deal on this she shot. She will always be canon to me. <laughs> Hashtag Solo. I mean, this dude is. I love it. He is a killer. I mean, this is a fantastic shot. I mean, if you have never read Old Canon, I know at this point the only reason that you're reading it is just for the enjoyment of reading Star Wars stories, even if they don't mean anything to Canon anymore. Uh, go read some of the stuff. Go read the Dark Nest trilogy. Go read the the Legacy of the Force, uh, you know, novels and stuff like that, where Jaina Solo was prominently featured. She's a fantastic character, Sword of the Jedi. Pop Palpatine, listening, you know, you know. That's her title. I mean, I'm telling you right now, she's also a fantastic action figure. She's one of my favorite black series. I just, I love the black rebel pilot uniform, and that is just tits. Yeah, I mean, it's she was a badass. She was a bad motherfucker, and you know, um, I'm glad that Papa makes a shot like this, showing reference yeah. to a character of old that I really did. I really loved Jaina Solo, and when I first saw. When, when TFA first burst onto the scene, when we first started getting images and we started getting teasers and stuff like that, and we see Kylo and then we see Rey, my, my mind went to, this is their retelling Jaina and Jason Solo's story. Because essentially, Jaina is this paragon of the light, sword of the Jedi. Well, I think a lot of people thought that way, and that's why they hate Disney Star <laughs> exactly. Wars. <laughs> exactly. And then you had Jason on the other side, who was the fallen Jedi, who becomes a Sith, Darth Cadus. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a fantastic shot all around by by Papa. I mean, I, I, lo- I mean, it just I love how the guy thinks. I mean, his, his posing is some of the best out there, especially in the action sense. And um, it, it, I think he uses it in an actual fog machine, too. You don't fuck around with atmosphere, aerosol, and shit like that. Although, I did get some cans for my birthday over the summer, and I'm not going to lie. Atmosphere aerosol is just so easy to use. I mean, it is pricey. I just dropped 90 on 12 cans, and that that's like a deal. I mean, it's a mega yeah. deal. But I'm sitting here like, all right, well, when I finally come back indoors and start shooting over the winter because it's getting cold my way, I'll probably still fire up my $20 hand steamer <laughs> to create the atmosphere, you know? So, uh, but Papa always, he always gets the atmosphere, the pose, and just the details. Oh, yeah. I mean, he always adds so many little nuances to a shot, like the fallen troopers, the barrel behind her. You got a guy in the hallway and then the lighting. So, yeah, I mean, good, good pick. Yeah. There, and Nick. I mean, the, the, the thing about Papa is, too, like you mentioned, adding all the detail. If you usually, if you scroll through, if you go through his, his feed and pick a shot, he'll show you the setup. I mean, 
and right. he does not. He's got a go-to location, I'm guessing, by his house, and it just it works perfectly for all sorts of different shots. But it's literally like the same rotted tree stump. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. It's great. He's a he's a fantastic photographer. He's a Disney hater, but he's a Star Wars time lover, so we love him back. Hey, we still love him. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Next up, I don't know if this particular person has ever been in the top five it's the name looks familiar we're talking about at father father's figures here he might be just a little history on father's figures he, he was like one of the original people to get uh, tasked by hasbro to create shots for an sdcc or a celebration or whatnot uh, so he's got a, a pretty large following um, and, and he is he's another one that does a lot of just practical stuff, outdoor shots, uh, shots in the city. I mean, he's done some cool stuff with DC and Marvel too, but this one you picked here is is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is essentially a recreation of the Mandalorian poster with right. the official Mandalorian Black Series figure, and, I mean, it's spot on. Like, we talk about crispy shots all the time on Star Wars Time Show. This one is definitely crispy, and, I mean, it's just like – it brings the character to life. I mean, this is probably yeah. the best representation that we've seen of the Mandalorian, except for the, you know, outside of the trailers and the posters that we've seen. I mean, this looks like. I'll tell you poster. what right now, and I'm not comparing the photographers, but Jason B. Michael did a, a similar shot last week that Jared picked. Okay. They're, they're, they're both titties. I mean, but it's a very similar shot. I mean, what father's figures got going on here that. I'd be interested in is is the soft goods because oh, yeah. homeboy comes with a rubber cape and that's not a rubber no cape. that is clearly a soft goods cape so that's probably yeah, so something I'm assuming he made it or repurpose it from another figure but he even did like the the weathering on it the tearing at the at the end the, the fringes of the, of the of the cape or whatever all fucked up it is it's just I I've, I've tried to I was just out this week shooting the man though and, and and still the posing it's like this guy's such an easy figure to shoot and I was still I would look at my shots afterwards and be like dude why were you taking snaps of that I mean the, the pose looks fucking moronic he looks like a action figure <laughs> You know what I mean it's yeah. just like and this is a very subtle pose yet it's super effective because it does look like the dude is is lurching his way through a desert. Yeah, you know, he's got a little bit of lean on. He's definitely in motion. Like it, like you said, it's a good capture of motion of this character. And, you know, I don't know. We see some dust particles picking up in the background. I don't know if, if Father's Figures is actually, like, blowing in, like, canned air here, which is why you're also getting the cave, I mean, the, the cape kind of waving in the background. But... I mean, he really just nails everything about this shot. Yeah, I'm guessing that everything in this is practical. I would, I would assume so based on some of his other work. Yeah, so, I mean, this guy, fantastic shot, fantastic figure, um, really brings it to life. And I, I scroll back through, and I found that Jason B. Michael shot, and it is fantastic, too. I mean, this one's another great representation of the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Jason B. has literally, we talked about this last week, I mean... It, he and I need to recreate the scene on the Death Star between Obi Wan and Darth Vader, where now Darth Vader I've walks up. The master. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> when what was it? When when we last met, I was but the learner. Yeah, now I, I am the master. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much what he could say to me, and then chop me in half, and I would go willingly. Yeah, I mean, this guy. I mean, Jason B. Is, <laughs> he's definitely been. Dude's got the eye. There's no fucking doubt about it, and that's really all you need. He just needed some insights into some trickery, but I mean, his eye is is primo. Yeah. So, 
not to take anything away from father's figures this is a fantastic shot too and he also has a primo yeah, eye clearly uh, but it, it's it's kind of hard to fuck up shots of the man though I'm not he's just lie. such a badass looking motherfucker right like he just looks it's like like i said i even put one out last week that i think got over 500 likes and that never happens for any of my yeah. shots so. but father's figures i mean he, again it's a guy where you can go through his his feed and there's just fantastic stuff all around and he doesn't just do star wars i mean there's star wars on there but you'll see marvel you'll see tmnt you'll see you know legend of zelda like there's a ton of stuff on here for yep. father's figures the guys yep. uh, He's a pr- true professional, so fantastic work, sir. Uh, well-deserved top five entry. Let's move on to our next one. And this is, again, I, I believe Uncanny Figs. I mean, we've done so many top fives at this point, and like Matt said, I took a couple weeks off, so i got to get back in the mode. But I think Uncanny Figs is another new top five entrant, and this shot is just so good. Like, this is yeah. what we're seeing here is a Kylo Ren shot. And he's clearly, this is like a, almost looks like a half shot. Cause you can see Kylo with his lightsaber ignited, um, clashing with clearly the blue lightsaber of Ray that is off frame. But, um, God, just like everything about this image is fantastic. I mean, the level of detail, obviously in the figure, like you mentioned, this is the hot toys collectible figure here. Um, and, just the, the detail work done on the lightsaber, like the effects done on the lightsabers. Uh, dude, that's what I was going to say. And, and I'm sure a photographer doesn't does want to hear that the VFX are like some of the most standout part of a of a shot. But I, there's something about the lightsabers in this shot that just fucking pop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can tell you right now, the reason you don't see a lot of Kylo Ren shots for me is because I don't like making his lightsaber. Oh, yeah. The- uh, I think he's an asshole. Because his lightsaber is so unstable and it's hard to remake in a photo editing tool, especially if you are stupid <laughs> with Photoshop, it, it gets really hard. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the shit just fucking pops. Look at the, the brightness there. But here's here's a little insights for you. Unless Uncanny has a source that I don't or that most of us don't, there is no Hot Toys the Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren. Yet. Oh wow! Okay, so he so tagged hot this toys, dude, but it's not even mm-hmm. out there. No, I I think it's the TLJ Kylo Ren, but Uncanny Figs did some digital reworking to the helmet. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't even know, I didn't even think about that. It's either he either he did digital or he fucking practically marked up the helmet to look like it, how it's going to look in trucks wow. because. This version of Kylo does not exist yet. I know we're, we're eventually going to get one, but as of right now, this does not exist. So I, I'm assuming he either did this in post or he actually took the fucking helmet and, and painted it. That's fucking crazy. Because I looked at that helmet and I was like, oh, wow, this is the new Kylo. Huh? I didn't even think for a second that it was like digitally recreated because it looks so good. Yeah, I mean, the only one six scale they've shown from Tross so far is the Sith Trooper. Okay. None of the other ones have been revealed yeah. yet. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, he's got another of this Kylo on there as well. I mean, Uncanny, if you're listening, let us know what's going on here. Did you do some digital work on the helmet? Is this practical work on the helmet? Or do you just have, like, a super right. special fucking hookup at... <laughs> that? I mean, dude, it looks so real. I'm almost leaning towards... This is all practically done by him. Yeah, I mean, the guy is, I mean, this is a fantastic shot. Everything, like you said, it just pops so much. Like, the the the, the saturation of the color is perfect. And then just, yeah, I mean, everything about the shot is fantastic. So, at Uncanny Figs 
on Instagram. I know I didn't say the, the handles for the last one, at Father's Figures, and then everybody knows Triple P, Papa Palpatine, Papa underscore Palpatine underscore photography. Um, Uncanny Fix with a killer shot here, though, of the, of the Kylo, Tross Kylo. Um, moving on to our next entry in the top five, and if we go through a top five and there's no uh, bucket heads on the top five, then Nick must. I was gonna say that this week, is right. This is Nick's uh, stormtrooper shot for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is. I can't go a whole you know top five without. Yeah, putting it's, it's impossible. In there. I mean, th- and this one in particular from Mr. Muppa 6 at M R M U P P A. 06 on Instagram. This is fantastic. And what really stood out to me about this is obviously you have fantastic atmospheric work done here. You have a shock trooper in the front, and then you also have some standard, what is it, recon troopers behind him? Some standard stormtroopers behind him? Uh, those, those are sand, sand troopers. troopers yeah. the, the level of... Um, oh, God. like the, the weathering that he's done on these figures is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I mean, as I said in my comment for the shot, uh, Mr. Muppa 06 infusing some legit grittiness into this trooper shot, and he did. I mean, it's this isn't even like the weathering that, I mean, yeah, the, the lead guy there, it looks like he's got some of the shoe polish. The motherfuckers behind them, I mean, it looks like Muppa just went outside and dunked these things in a, in a fucking mud pile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like... Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Just rolled them around like they're a bunch of sloppy pigs and then set them up. Yeah, I mean, it looks like these dudes have literally just walked through a sandstorm. Like They've not had a good time, or they're on Mimbom or something, and they're they're just in the muck of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really, really cool shot, a really well-posed shot, because all of the troopers, I mean, they look like they're doing something. Like It looks like the one on the right is having a conversation with the one kind of on the back left. The guy in the back is looking, you know, kind of scouting out a location over on the right-hand side of the photo. And then you have the guy up front who's kind of looking that direction as well. I love the way that everything's staged. I love the weathering effects here. I love the atmospherics done here as well. I think it's just an all-around super well-done shot here by Mr. Muppa. Uh, really fantastic job bringing these troopers to life in a, in a oh, you yeah. know, a non-traditional way, really getting them dirty. Yeah, that, that was that's what jumped out to me initially was just all the the practicality infused in here and muddying them up. I mean, they, they do look like they just came off of a very rough tour of duty somewhere. They're probably pissed. They probably want to get themselves some green milk and just chill, <laughs> take those damn buckets off, air out the balls. You know, especially these these real muddy guys. You oh know? yeah, I bet they just want to you know air out the. The family jewels <laughs> spread their crack a little bit, maybe get all the fart smell out of their suits. Oh, yeah. They've had a rough. Uh, but it's it's a great shot, very 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 gritty shot, as I initially oh, said. Yeah. Fantastic job at Mister M R M U P P A O six on Instagram. Last up, we have a another Mando shot here, and this is by I believe a believer returning top five member here and Dad Fett, and this one just looks. We have a, a Mandalorian, so the, the new Black Series Manda, walking through literal fire. Like, this is real fire. This dude may have melted his entire figure, Dad Fett, with this shot, but it just looks so good because of all of the practical effects that are at work here. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you don't have, you know, fake little cinders or fake little flecks of fire here. You have an actual fire that's going on on the left side of this photo, and the Mandalorian is just walking through it like a badass. Yeah, I would I would have to say 
unless this is a composite of multiple shots that Mando probably got a little black soot on him from this yeah. shot. And there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I've been lighting off some crackling balls with a lot of my Triple Force Friday pickups. Ray isn't quite as pure white anymore. My Commander Fox definitely has some black shit in his crotch. <laughs> uh, my Mando has some black pock marks on his back. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if these are crackling balls or what, but it was a definitely well-placed firework to give that effect. And I'm assuming this is probably just two flat you know, cinder blocks or bricks to create the housing there. But it really does look like he's walking out of a place that he just blew to hell and Yeah, back. exactly. And this is almost something that I expect to see happen in real time in the Mandalorian television show. I mean, like... Yeah, pretty much. There's going to be a lot of explosions, there's going to be a lot of death, and there's going to be a lot of firefights in in Mando, so I have no doubt that he will, at one point, walk very close to fire while wearing his suit, so um, I just think that this was a really well-done, well-staged shot here by Dad Fett, and, you know, the... (laughs) The caption, the the original caption, target eliminated, so clearly he's coming away from a kill. Um, Yeah, I just love it. I thought this was really good. You know what I want to know... I'm pretty sure you were overseas when this came out, but we got a new shot of the Mando in his cockpit, and he's wearing all pewter armor. Oh, wow. Hmm. Like it's a completely different set than what we're seeing here and what we've seen in the trailer. It's basically all the color of his helmet, so his his chest protector and shoulder pauldrons are all. Yeah, so it's like an actual set instead of just like cobbled together pieces. Right, but why does he have two? I mean, what, does he change, or is this just that one we've seen over the years got dirty? Who yeah, knows? Maybe so. a flashback. Yeah, definitely. Right, exactly. I mean, that's that's all I was getting at there. But I think that that's it, isn't it? That's our fifth that one. That is Heck our yeah. top five at Dad Fest. Yep, good good out. picks by Nick, and and he is right. He always gets a bucket head in. I just looked at the two top fives we did without him, and and Jared followed suit, but I did not. Curiously, when I did the top five two weeks ago. I didn't have a single fucking stormtrooper. It was trooper. just built in. You were like, "Fucking Nick puts one in." I every know. It's, time. it's not even like I, I. It's not even like I did it on purpose. It just for some reason. And I love the look of the Empire too. I mean, I've said it a thousand times. Darth Vader is my favorite looking dude in all of Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I I avoided the stormtroopers. Maybe it was in honor of Nick, and that's his thing. Yeah. I was like, you know, we'll let him hit him pick some troopers. But anyways. As you've heard tonight, Nick's back. The team's back together. We riffed our faces off. As usual, we turned little topics into long ones. Hopefully, you enjoyed what we were talking about. And as always, you know, we did the top five. We know you guys like that, at least you toy photographers and collectors out there. But it is time to say goodbye. It's, it's that time of the prime time to go to bed, say goodnight. We'll be back another time. Don't worry. There's always going to be a new episode to come. We, we drop at least one new episode a week, most of the time, too. And you can always know when those new episodes are dropping if you take your happy asses over to StarWarsTime.net. Poke around, click around, click on some articles, see that we do more than just Instagram promotions, this, that, and the other thing. But we also have our subscribe to podcast link up in the top or in the hamburger menu if you're on mobile. That way you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Android, Stitcher, email, RSS. And we've got more coming. We're going to try to get on iHeart, Deezer, and another platform that I can't remember right now. But it doesn't matter because we're on so many fucking platforms already. There is no excuse left in your book of excuses. 
Get in with the Star Wars Time Show. You will not be disappointed. Or you will, and you just never have to listen to us again. But give it a try. And if you do like us, hopefully you are liking, rating, and reviewing, especially on YouTube and on iTunes. Trust me, it goes a long way for us. We're not holding out our hands. We don't solicit donations from our fan group. All we're asking for is a little support on the social medias and the likes, the rates, and reviews. All right, my friends? And remember, there's always time for Star Wars time after all, okay? And you also need to remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always.